The Dode Fox Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Dode Fox Podcast. I'm Ronnie, he's Paul, and how considerate that football was back so there was no hobby craft for McNichol. We're heading to the international break without a permanent manager. Is it now Liam Fox's position to lose? Join the conversation on our socials. We're at Dode Fox Podcast on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Coming up on this week's episode, the Rangers review, four-man shortlist, international Arabs, Scotland, the Loan Report, the women's team, the academy, DUSF, Community Trust, YouTube uploads, Who Am I, and On This Day with the Arab Archive. It's all coming up on episode 160 of the Dode Fox podcast. Hi, I'm Paul Dixon. Welcome to the Dode Fox podcast. So welcome back to the award-winning Dude Fox podcast with the covered in pish Paul McNichol and the bathing in his own snot, Ronnie Costello. So this is no uh, make up or trying to sound all mysterious and sexy voice. This is just my voice right now. I tell you it was sexy. You did before I hit record. Fucking what gets said when we're not recording gets kept off recording, Rondo. Honestly, Jeez. I've honestly, I've I've been like a burst bar since Tuesday, and uh, I, I I made a laugh about that saying I was bathing in my own snot. I generally think I have. Oh, I've, wow. It's been horrific, absolutely and horrific. So might be an audio podcast, but you have not half painted a picture there, Rondo. I, I know, I know, I have, I have. It's been uh, it's been brutal. It's been absolutely brutal. But anyway, we are here back. Episode 160, can you believe it? Um, before we discuss the, uh, the the rigors of yesterday and the upcoming shortlist of managers and all that, um, a wee mention for our international Arabs mm-hmm. this week. Uh, Aziz Beach is going away with Australia. I think it's their final, they're having like a home friendly it's their final friendly at home before the World Cup, I think it is. Dylan Levitt's called up for Wales. Sada Anaku's been called up for uh, Uganda. And Finnish duo Carl Johan Eriksson and Elmar Niskanen are all on international duty this week. And of course, it doesn't relate to uh, United fans, but Scotland have got a triple header this coming week. They play Ukraine on the 21st. They're, away, uh, they're at home again to Republic Ireland on the 24th. And then away to Ukraine on the 27th. Are you going this week? I've got tickets. I'm not. I'm not going to go midweek because it's a scale night, and I really can't be asked. Getting you're allowed to go. Fun. Like you, you've not got scale. No, I, I, no, I can't be asked. Scale <laughs> night means I'm working. Uh, I, I might go next Saturday. I've no completely decided yet. I'll wait and see. Uh, wait rumor, see. Rumors are rife. It's a seven forty-five kickoff. When on Saturday. Oh, that's naked. That's naked. After twenty fourth is Saturday, seven forty five kickoff. It is. Oh, that right. That's going to hit me fucked up. Any decision. And it's yeah. Uh, obviously, it's UEFA Nations League, um, League B that we're in. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I listen. But we'll we'll just briefly touch on it. But I did see the squad had been announced, and uh, we had the what about twelve defenders on it? I think. Someone else. Well, are you, so, so are you saying that Ryan Porteous is a defender then? Is that, are you giving him that title? Ryan Porteous is fucking hopeless. That's what I'll tell yeah. you. Um, uh, again, same same arguments we'll have. Ryan Gold, how's he knowing it? And I would even argue Lewis Morgan, how's he knowing it? You know, both playing really well. Mind, Rondo. Unbelievable, eh? And un, un, 
unbelievable state of affairs that but uh, good luck to Scotland of course uh, this week and good luck to Aziz to Dylan Sadat and to Kalyahan and Elmari as well right let's get in a boot the game yesterday um, I did tell you Paul I've actually not seen the game because I was in my bed Missed yesterday during the day, so I never actually seen it. Uh, I fell asleep as the game kicked off, and I woke up as it was full time. And uh, obviously, a two-one defeat at Ibrox, uh, which is no great for anybody in terms of the list. But was it much improved from what you'd seen previous? Uh, I mean, it was. It was slightly improved. Yeah, uh, there was definitely more effort. It was. Uh, I think. I think we did play a lot better than we have been playing recently. Uh, out with maybe the first 10-15 minutes where I can uh, on another day uh, we we were we could have been a couple of goals down because we were getting we were getting pinned right back in Marine box we looked all at sea at times uh, but it was only it was only one by half time uh, but what a shite goal to lose it was Rondo unbelievable <laughs> just, just to put it into um, context Paul I'd said to Paul I'd actually only seen United goal at this point and he says you need to watch a goal because you need to watch the mistake Ian Hartz has made and I thought oh, okay I'll put it on so we're watching it on um, uh, DUTV so logged in watched the goal and I'm thinking oh, okay we've got the bar put the bar in Levitt's got the ball plays out it looks like Ian Hartz 30 yards for their goal Oh, hold on, 10 seconds later, it was in our net. <laughs> What's going on? Like, what was he waiting on? <laughs> what was he waiting on, Rondo? That was it. And, like, he's made an air up back there, but then Tavernier's allowed to run mm. 80 yards. Yeah. Uh, no tackle, no nothing, lays it off to the boy, uh, Cholak, Kolak, whatever his fucking name is, uh, tucks a touch and buries it. Like, good finish. God, I just couldn't believe it. I was raging. I was raging at that goal, and I, my mood was nah. Wasn't a light in Denny when the arseholes wearing blue jerseys run over to us to Shushwa. No big fan of getting shushed, uh, especially if uh, they arseholes. Never understood that really when you've got, was there 50,000 of their own fans and they run out a wee pocket of United fans? Whatever, lads, whatever. Hope your next shite's a hedgehog. <laughs> You're far back on it. Yeah, but the first, um, it seems the first 10 minutes was a bit under the cosh, but we'll see you out and. Kind of did you you know settle in the game in the first half? How were you feeling sort of going into half time? First half, like I mean, it was marginally better. Like we we grew into the half, I think. Uh, but we we st- we weren't playing well. I wouldn't say no in the first half. No for no for me. We were playing all right, but but we weren't playing really good. We didn't really trouble them. I didn't. I think we had a couple of breakaways, but. Not really. I think Middleton had a shot that McGregor saved. Can't I think of much else. Uh, but but Rangers weren't out with the first ten minutes. They they weren't great themselves. Uh, but I, I suppose getting in a one nothing doing like I thought right that that's okay if we can if we can still keep it tight for uh, for a, a period in the second half. Then you, you never know because they're on a bad run themselves. Mm. They haven't scored for a few games, uh, let alone one. Uh, and then obviously we are the the world's worst team when it comes to starting games and starting halves. And it didn't seem I, I can't actually remember what minute they scored their second goal in, but it seemed pretty early in the second half. And then I mean it wasn't a quite game over, but it's you, you give yourself a mountain. Right, so you give yourself a mountain to climb. Another another occasion where we didn't stop a cross coming in, and. If you're looking at it for their point of view, it's great movement for the striker. 
our defenders are just not really paying attention. I thought Mulgrew was alongside of him, but I've only seen it yeah. again on these clips. So yeah, but I mean, it's, it's good movement from from the yeah. If that's United striker scoring that goal, you're you're praising his movement. Uh, but defensively, it's it's not the best. Allowing again, allowing crosses and that, that's that, that's what you you need to be clamping doing on. And then you don't have to worry about boys in the middle moving too much if you're cutting out the crosses but we, we didn't we didn't cut out any the cross nor the finish how, how different was kind of lineup given that Stephen Fletcher was was missing well that was a worry pretty much because obviously Tony Watt was then going to be tasked to be doing the Fletcher role and for my money he kind of did that Fletcher role uh, I mean he, he I don't think there's anybody in our team that could do that Fletcher role no 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 he's, <laughs> he's probably been my best player so far this season mm. Uh, aye, we we didn't. Uh, uh, Tony Tony, what I think I think he's out of form or or whatever. I'm I'm not really I'm not really sure. I kind of put my finger on what's went, what's going on with Tony Watt just now. Uh, but he he wasn't great again yesterday. He wasn't as bad as he has been. But he wasn't great. Middleton was all right. He offered something different. The midfield were a wee bit better. Uh, Harks maybe not so much, but Levitt was kind of getting back to what he can do. I thought McGrath was was really good yesterday. He was he's probably our best player. Uh, Beach, I thought he like, he's had a lot of stick the last few games. Uh, maybe because he's missed a preseason, you know, he, he kind of got he's had a lot he, of stick he since he come in. He has, yeah, but he was like he's, I don't know how fit he was. Only he'll get that in, in the club, I suppose. Mm. Uh, but you don't know if he's done a pre-season but he got thrown in against Alkmaar quite possibly the best team that we'll play this season Yeah. Uh, and then can the, the team themselves were just can they've a, only been bit once this season ah they are <laughs> we were there it's incredible uh, it is yeah so yeah he, he was he was quite good yesterday but uh, I mean ultimately again I suppose it's it's, it's an hard defeat. It's it's not great. So did any was there any incidents you want to bring up before they scored their second goal? Any incidents on the park, off the park, on the park? Just maybe, you know, the referee maybe wave things away or anything well, the, 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 or in in the in the whole game there was two penalty yeah. claims for United. Now I'm no, I know the second one was about the 88th minute. I'm not sure when the Tony Watt one was. And they were both right in front of the United fans. Uh, for me, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on the Tony Watt one first because I must, that was definitely earlier in the second half. Uh, I think he knew what he was doing. I didn't think it was a foul. Okay. I think he's got the ball. He's waited for contact. And I'm not saying all contact is a foul. He's maybe felt a wee graze, but he's, he's just dropped. And okay. I think that that's possibly an occasion where your reputation precedes you as well because he does have a bit of a reputation for mm-hmm. going to ground 100%. a wee bit too easy a wee bit too easy uh, so I mean if you plus it's at Ibrox <laughs> and, and it was only and they had one, three penalties against them this week exactly so that's that's the quota he used up for this decade uh, so uh, to me that was never a penalty okay. uh, by all by all means shout for it I mean even if you kick the bass through the park shout for the throw in you know Claim for everything, but it was never a penalty, I don't think. I'd, I'd, I'd even been surprised if that was at the other end of they had a got penalty, to be totally honest with you. It, 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 was, it was not a foul in my book. Okay, what about the other one? In my book, <laughs> the, the other end was a stonewaller, I thought. Uh, and, I, and I've seen it back. At, at the time, as I say, like, I'm only 
I was sitting four rows for the front yesterday, uh, which was an experience in itself. And we can touch on that, but sitting four rows for the front and McGrath, he's obviously skinned the boy Tillman and Tillman just kicks across him. And in my opinion, he definitely fouls him. He def- he didn't get the bar. And I've watched sports scene back and I've listened to Michael Stewart, a guy who some people kind of stand. I think he's all right. I don't mind him. But he's like, oh no, you could, for that angle, you could see you could see that Tillman got the bar. Well, you, you, that must have been an angle that you didn't show on sports scene then, Michael, because it doesn't look to me like he got anything on the bar. And it was also uh, a goal kick. I don't think we got a corner for it. So if, if he's got the bar, how did we not get a corner? And if he didn't get the bar, he's clearly kicked through the man. So it's a penalty. But I've said it for years, Rondo. Can you get a penalty at Ibrox and Park, kid? You absolutely can but no one it's that close again. No one it's 2-1 in the 88th minute. If United are 4 nothing doing at that point in the game, then it's it's easier for the ref to give it. Like, and I'm not, I'm, I don't even want to say the ref's cheating. Like, refs... But we're about to. No, no, no. I'm not saying he's cheating, but it's it's human nature. It's, it's the easy thing to do to not give that penalty. I mean, you just hate to look at uh, the Rangers' last home game when they played Ross County and the boy that was on a booking at the back and the... Uh, I think it was Sands or something Aye. and the guy got played up and he, he literally wrestles it's blatant he wrestles the boy to the deck nay foul nay nothing play on you, you, you couldn't you couldn't make it up eh? these things in my opinion should be helped by VAR coming in however who who are we going to operate in VAR? Um, <laughs> Wally McCoy John Beaton uh, so unbelievable it really was yeah I, I felt it was a penalty uh, it looked the referee penalty. crapped it yeah, it looked a penalty the referee crapped it the linesman crapped it Abdi shot it United I mean how many times have we said United players are too soft when it comes to something like that getting the ref's face there was a few of them in the ref's face at that and it still didn't matter like you just go kick brilliant as you were then so so the Rangers boy didn't kick it out so, so what we, we trying to tell her United boy dived how you not booking him? It was just shite. It should, it should have been a penalty. Yeah. Um, there was a... I can't mind if I sent this to you, but I saw a thing on uh, Twitter. Somebody had sent me it um, for DUTV for the commentary yesterday. Um, Al McGregor was getting involved uh, after the ball with a United player. And uh, I don't know if it was Scott or Dave on commentary, but they said McGregor should just walk away there like he did 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I found that uh, quite well, amusing. Well, it must have been it must have been when Sadat came on then because well, there was, I I was just he about was to get to that. Bar. He was chasing a long bar, and I think he maybe just nudged the defender. Right, okay. well, like, we are nobody likes McGregor no. unless you're a, a fan of the Rangers. McGregor's no uh, a, a guy that's easily likable, shall we say? Mm. He's just, he just rubs you up the wrong way. Great keeper on his day, excellent keeper. How did the happiest man in football get on when he came on yesterday? Uh, I, I thought he was very good. Uh, you, you could see that he's quite raw, but I thought that he was very good. Uh, he's got pace, something that we didn't have. Uh, he's got pace. Uh, he, he looked to be a, a willing runner. You know, he, he was he was keen as anything. Just even even for United's goal, like a lot of it comes for him. He gets yeah. the ball in, he turns, he takes boys on, a one-two, lays off to McGrath, 
he lays it into the path of Smith and boom again you're, you're back in the game the weeest feet in the squad smashes at home <laughs> loves well, a goal against idiot. the Rangers doesn't he Do, does well that's what has he scored for us to put four and he scored two against them definitely yeah yeah no that, that it was a very good move uh, a well taken goal uh, but yeah Sadat definitely played his played his part in that goal and he looked he looked really good it's it's that's the only time I've ever seen him because I wasn't at the Livingston game and I'd be of a mind to start him in the next game uh, just to see what he can do for the for the starter again so you just mentioned Liam Smith he scored four mm. goals so who are they against he scored two against Rangers yep. he scored one against Livingston away because uh-huh. I was sitting in the stand saying what the f- is he in midfield oh he scored that's what and I was that, that was the when we didn't get the Donner Pies that's right. And yeah. Martin said, I was sitting next to Martin that night and he's like, oh, what's Liam Smith? And he went to say, F and exactly, Dan there yeah. and bobbed in. What's his other goal? Hearts. Uh, the the Screamer. That's it. Yeah. yeah. That, was a, that was exactly the goal. Um, so we didn't want to, uh, listen, we didn't enough a battering about referees, right? What about on Bland full time whistle? <laughs> yeah, that was another end. Uh, like we had a corner, obviously, and I, I lost my mind at that because I, I wasn't. Sh- I'm not. Sh- maybe you can't. Maybe it. Maybe it is a, a case of right. This is the last attack. If no one comes with it, then it, that's it. Bury up, game over. But I just thought when you get the corner, I, th- I was of the opinion that you hate allow the corner to come in. But obviously, no Ibrox you done. And maybe and maybe that's not even a rule. Maybe I'm just completely tangerine blinkered on that. But to. To be on the attack, to be pressuring them for probably the last 10, 15 minutes, we were really hemming them back. And then to get to win a corner for the ref just to blow the final whistle, it's pretty damn frustrating. Like pretty yeah. damn frustrating. Overall, the 90 odd minutes, how do how do you how do you sum up the game? Uh well, it was an experience going there. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get to that. I'll probably no go back. <laughs> but uh the game itself. I'm still worried about the keeper, if I'm being totally honest. Uh, there's occasions when he makes good saves and there's occasions when he comes out for a cross like Superman and gets nothing. Uh, at least Sieb used to get a centre-half or a striker on the end of his fist. Uh, so there's, I've got concerns there, definitely, definitely. Uh, defensively, apart from the first 10 minutes when we were getting a bit of a run around, we settled in that and I felt like we were, we were quite good. Uh, midfield was a wee bit better I think Harks is still a wee bit off it uh, going forward Middleton done alright Tony Watt I'm not sure what's going on with him Sadat so looked good when he came on could you only got about three minutes or something I think he didn't really have a chance to do much uh, but it was there was a, there was at least a game where you could look and think right okay we've lost but like there's, you can take a positive. You can take a couple of positives for it. But, but again, ultimately, Ron, like we've we've lost, like yeah. we've lost five out of seven games now, mm. uh, and I'm fairly concerned. Like it's it's a very difficult rut to get out of when you when you're in this this vein of form. You know, mm. winning's a habit, losing's a habit. Yeah, we're certainly up. At, I mean, we're certainly in our mini our own mini group now with uh, on two points, Kilmarnock four, Ross County five, and St Johnston on seven. As we were at at the moment, uh, obviously the international break, and we'll we'll talk about the manage, managerial thing in a bit. Um, if you are placed in charge for the next game, based on what you've seen over the last couple of weeks and whatever, 
What ch- what would you do team wise? How would you be lining up right now? And, f- and Fletcher's yes, fit. Yeah, Fl- Fletcher's fit. I'm probably going Fletcher and Sadat. I would I would just like to see that pairing. Okay. Uh, and if that means leaving out uh, Middleton and Tony Watt, then then that's what I would do. Uh, midfield, I would I'd bring Sibold back in, just just because he what he brings to the team that it doesn't look like anybody else brings that to the team. Uh, and just on recent form, I'd probably leave Harks out. Mm. I wouldn't drop him completely. He'd be on the bench uh, because he's he obviously is a, a very fit guy. He can run all day for you, but uh, maybe I'm just getting. I'm just getting swayed by that decision that he made for the Rangers' first goal yesterday. But it was a howler. Like, I don't know what he was. He's waiting to I try can't. and take, the, take him down the line, but it just doesn't work. <laughs> when, when did he? When did Harks become well, a jinky winger? Like, well, like what, is, what is he doing? Maybe his wife's Unbe- done it to him in the in, in the garden, and he's thought I could do that. Well, if his wife done it to him in the garden, then he should have can't. Tavernier was going to do it to him on the football park. <laughs> It was just, it was just piss poor, you know. No, totally his fault. Don't get me wrong. Like he lost the bar thirty years for Rangers. Yep. Bro. Like yep. that we should still have things in place to stop somebody just running the length of the park, cutting it back in a goal. But uh, yeah, out of the midfielders, like McGrath was good yesterday. Levitt was getting back to his, to to what he can do. Uh, but we, we still didn't have somebody like a Sibold. Like, and, and it's maybe no even Sibold's game, but like he he does it better than anybody else that we've got. Just to. To break the play up and, and just to be there, just to fill a hole when when the other ends are attacking. So, mm. but yeah, it's probably what I would do. I would go Fletcher, Sadat, and I would bring Sybald in, and I would a wee bit harsh on Middleton. I don't think he'd done much wrong yesterday, uh, and but I would probably drop them to the bench. Okay, um, how was the experience at Ibrox yesterday? Just uh, it's different, Ron. It's different. It's. It's just it's there's a nastiness about going there. Uh, there really is. Like we got there really early, uh, and it's like Christ must have been about the first person in the ground. <laughs> but it, it's just I, I don't enjoy it. Like it's and I'm I'm not sitting there. I'm no I'm no overly anxious. I'm no scared of what might happen or nothing. But it's nothing like that. But it's just like the wee man was not enjoying it. He's like, can can we go? Just, it's just shite, you know. You, obviously, what happened before the game during the minute silence happened. To me, it was inevitable, and it, it's kind of it's kind of ticked me off quite a lot that United have had a lot of grief about this because we're not the only team that have. Hibs, that there's been a Hibs done it yesterday. There's there's been a few like in the Celtic game the day. Mm-hmm. I dare say there was probably some something that went there. Uh, me personally. I didn't say nothing. I didn't boo. I didn't certainly didn't join in with the daft singing of the British national anthem. Uh, it's only sixty seconds. I just shot my puss. But I'm not gonna. Like, you, you you can't expect Abadi to think the, the same way. You know, some people. And, and listen, like it might have been disrespectful. Was it? You know, it, it was disrespectful in many ways. It was disrespectful. But half. Of, Majority of the boys that, that booed or sang what they sang, they've probably done it just because they can, they'll get a reaction for the opposition fans. No, no, because there's any particular malice in the, what they're saying or, or, or their words or anything like that, but because they can, it will annoy people that they can't stand. And then as soon as that happened, obviously there was 
items getting lobbed. You get pelted with stuff, cups of juice, cups of whatever. That wasn't Pez, the juice. Well, whatever it was. That was Pez, warm. Lighters. There was a bottle of Buckfast got through into it. Now, I didn't want to get involved in the water. Well, what about this? What about that? None of the water stuff. But the fact remains, Ron, like, I don't think anybody's ever been hospitalised because somebody sang a song, regardless of what the, the lyrics may have been. But they're throwing they're throwing glass bottles into the United end. What, what, where's, where's the condemnation for that? These boys spend about 60 of the 90 minutes singing about a manner of nonsense that's absolutely nothing to do with football. Now, again, I'm no, I'm no saying that what United fans sang pre-match in the, in the minute silence was right. I personally wouldn't have done it. But they did it. You know, they, they did it. And they done it just to wind up the opposition fans, in my opinion. And it's been happening the length and breadth of Scotland this weekend. I think the big thing was, you know, they get up in arms about that for the minute silence. But for them, it's all right to sing about, you know, Tommy Burns and the Lisbon Lions and, and all that kind of stuff, you know. Because really, they're just, a shower of shite. They're complete arseholes. It's it's horrible, Ron. Like honestly, it's 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 a nasty atmosphere. We got United fans got kept in the ground yesterday, like caged it, for, animals for for forty five to fifty minutes, and allegedly it's because there was a couple of thousand uh, fans of them hanging about outside, waiting on what coming out. What, what were they going to do? Just rushing and butter with? <laughs> I mean, what age? What age of the boys that were out there waiting? It's just. Absolutely ridiculous. You, you, you didn't, I didn't get this anywhere else in football. And I, I go to Miss Games. Uh, granted, I've not been in a parkade for, for a wee while now. I'll, I'll hopefully get back there this season. But it's just, it's just horrible. Like, there's nothing. They're, they're my least favourite team. Not, not that I like any other team anyway, but like, they're my least favourite team for United to play because it's just. Minging the whole atmosphere about playing them is horrible. As soon as one thing I did notice, as soon as the the minute silence started, the amount of fans in their end that were closer to the United fans, they were all pulling out their mobile phones and filming. Where they couldn't wait, they couldn't wait for somebody to boo or shout something or say something or, or sing a daft song. They couldn't wait for it. They loved to be the victim yesterday, and we played right in other hands, I guess. Yeah, but it's it's true, you know. It's it's. I mean, we we've said. I think you know. I've said it for a while. I think Celtic are the most entitled fans going, but for the most hated fans, are definitely yesterday. Just every yeah, single no thing need. about them. There's no need. It's yeah. madness. It's, no. it's absolute mad. I've got no time for it, and it's just as I say, it's pissed me off that people people in the media have jumped on United fans because of this. United fans are great. I'll not hear a bad word said against United fans. United fans are excellent. And we, we didn't think sectarian shit. N- none of that nonsense. These, these guys this, that follow the Rangers, that's their life. Mm-hmm. Not just on a Saturday. They, they guys live and breathe that nonsense. And I'm not saying every single fan of the Rangers is like that. But see see when they come away, we ah, it's, it's, it's a minority that were singing that. What do you mean a minority? The 30,000 day were singing it in a 50,000 stadium. That, to me, is the majority. So That's, that's good maths for you, given you're a craggy boy. Decent. It's decent, uh, but I've, I've no time for them. I've no time for what the media were saying about uh, the fans today. And I also feel like the club were pressured into putting out a statement that essentially said nothing. Mm-hmm. Should, they should have just said nothing. 
And again, yeah. United, certain officials were getting in with people, uh, getting in touch with people, sorry, before the game, saying, look, can we maybe try and spread the word because we didn't want this this to get out of hand during a minute silence and whatever. It was always going to happen. Always going to happen. And as as you've said, it happened at Hibs. Yeah. Like, Hibs fans were singing it. Aberdeen fans were singing something. Celtic fans were probably singing something today. It's not just United, but for some reason, and probably just because of who the opposition were for us yesterday, we are elevated to like world's worst fans. Brilliant. Yeah, unbelievable, isn't it? Unbelievable. Right, uh, final bit on the game. We are looking for your uh, good, the bad, and the ugly. That should be quite easy. Uh, the good. I'm, I got out of Ibrox alive <laughs> with no injuries. <laughs> and Tech. the wee man is still, he's still healthy but, as well. But he's obviously and now realised how shite it is to go there. As a parent. I think, <laughs> I think when you're as daft as me as a parent and you, and you say to your parent, oh no, you can't like that team. How can I not like that team? Like, there's, there's no logic to it, is it? You're like, no, you just don't like that team. And some, sometimes he's like, oh, right, okay. But then when you take him to some place like Rangers... And you and he's like, ah, right, okay. I get how I get how nobody likes this team. <laughs> ah, you're right. Perfect other wrong people. Perfect Jeff Winter and Nigel Farage. Perfect these fannies. Nobody really likes this team. Mm. Uh, so the good was getting getting out scot free alive. Okay, the bad. We got bit again. The ugly. Bottles of buckfast flying past people's heads. You could have just said bottle of buckfast. That's enough. Bottle of Buckfast like Full stop <laughs> um, Man of the match McGrath Jamie I thought he was our, better, our best player I thought McGrath was our best player Jamie McGrath Just add that to the to the list And uh, before we move on um, Do you have uh, Or how do you plead For uh, What is your defence For a photograph A scene Of you and a Rangers fan a bear yeah. <laughs> a but he calls fan. himself a bear and a, a pop looks uh, like he would say that I'm telling you <laughs> he should call himself a bear so we, we were starving because we didn't want to spend too much money in, uh, in Ibrox plus we got there early doors so we had a pair and it was probably still only like 10 to 2 and then the buggers lock you in for uh, that length of time after it that's where we were to get out of Glasgow so we stopped at Stirling Services on the way back People were needing a toilet, me being hungry and greedy. I went to Burger King. The wee man got a burger. So we were sitting, munching away. And uh, where we were sitting, we had one back to the door. And Leo just happened to see people coming in. And he was like, there's there's the world's strongest man. Mark that Henry. Like, Very good. <laughs> well, it wasn't a Mark Henry. Sexual chocolate. <laughs> a lot of listeners are looking what the hell you're on about. Did he hear an old woman on his arm or was that just you? <laughs> boom, boom. Come on! As <laughs> a kick in the plums for you next time you see. I've been waiting a day to say that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the wee man says, "There's the world's strongest man just came in," and I was like, "Very good. Like, it'll be somebody that looks like the boy Stoltman for Scotland. That that genuinely is the world's strongest man." Mm-hmm. But he was adamant. He wasn't letting this go. He was like, "I'm telling you, Dad. He, he just he just walked past. So I'm looking around. I can't see anybody. And it's not like you would miss this boy if he's anywhere near you." So it was time to get out of the table cleared, put out the shite in the bin. So I was like, right, I'll humour you. Come on, go and show us where he is then. 
So I put the stuff in the bin and Leo's peeking around corners, looking into Mark, he's looking back into Burger King, hanging about the toilets and then he's like, ah, there he is, there he is. So sure enough, I goes into Marquez, can't see anybody. And then this behemoth comes around with a, a bottle of water in his hand. And it was, sure enough, it was uh, Tom Stoltman, who I thought it was Luke Stoltman. I'm glad I didn't say, all right, Luke, he probably would have just squashed us. He didn't tweet uh, that, so- did you? I, 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 might have, I, might have, I might have tweeted his brother and thanked him for the photo. <laughs> like an absolute funny. But uh, ah, here he was, he was a nice enough guy. But fair play to Leo because uh, when I was speaking to him, I says, you'll be happy the day then, mate. And he just kind of looked. And I was like, we your, your team winning. Because he was doing it the, the strongest man in Scotland tournament or something. He was now actually at the game. Uh, I'm pretty sure he can. Well, one bloody game though, I've no doubt about that. And Leo was like, well, what are you talking about, Dad? I said, he's a, he's a Rangers fan. And Leo had it. <laughs> so I was like, well, I'm trying to get a photo here. Stop busting about and get back. <laughs> so ah, the boy was good enough to give a photo with him. Uh, but what a, what a says of a boy, Rondo. Honestly, he's taller than me and he's, he's massive. Absolutely. I don't care what that boy weighs. Did he's, he uh, must be has his brother come back to you yet? <laughs> I hope not, no, no. <laughs> But they're both, they're both Rangers fans, are they? So, get up them. Aye, get up them indeed. Hope you tell them that and then run away. <laughs> Threw a bottle of bucket at him as I left and build. So, I think it's going to be a busy international break. Uh, we are led to believe in the press. That is a four-man shortlist for the who will be the, the next head coach of Dundee United. Uh, we said right at the top of the show, uh, the episode, that... Um, is it is it Liam Fox's to lose? Where do you mm. let's discuss him first, given that yeah. uh, his name is it his to lose? Do you think? It's hard, it's hard to say. Like it's hard to know. In a way, you would hate to think yes because he's in the door. He's in charge of the team. Has been for the last few weeks. Uh, so you would have to you'd have to think that he's probably the front runner. But why has he not been appointed already? Uh, because he, as I say, he's been in the door. He's been in church for a few weeks, but we're still, we're still apparently doing we're due diligence and speaking to other people as well. So uh, I'll still be surprised if it's not him, but you never know. Like we've left the window open, haven't we? Because you think that we would have made an appointment in Benham. Indeed. Yeah, indeed. And you look at obviously the, you know, the record there, we got a, a big response against Livingston. Motherwell wasn't a brilliant, but again, it was a a stepping stone, I suppose, in terms of getting a point and a and a way clean sheet. And then yesterday, like what you've just discussed, it wasn't a it wasn't an embarrassment yesterday. There was obviously spells no, in the game that could have been much much better, but there was a lot more positive sort of play for that. So, I mean, listen, he he is in there. I think the big thing is they're still in our two positions beside him. You know, Dave Bowman and Brian Grant I think have been helping out, but that's I would imagine they've got the, they've still got their own jobs to do and yes. there has to be an appointment there. Um for that I would be probably the same as you. I'd be quite surprised if it wasn't Liam Fox, but at the same time and I don't I don't think it's lip service given it's leaked out in the press for you know, various names of um of the shortlist that interviews are going to be get done. Chats will mm-hmm. be uh, had and I think that is I think that's quite important as well that uh, well if it was going to be Liam Fox why would he know have been appointed just now if that that's where it was being nailed 
I think that's yeah. the, the thing. Um, and obviously some of the names, I mean, Big Dunk apparently, you know, offered the job and then they talked money and I think it went, oh, 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 it's a little bit, it's a little bit more money, Mr. Ferguson. And if that's been, you know, a, something that's that's been explored, then uh, you've got to applaud the ambition. It hasn't obviously worked and that's fair enough. And then it leaves us with, Sort of various names. It was obviously um, Austin McPhee's name was banded out. Barry Robson's name has been banded about. Again, a man that knows the club. We all knew he was like as a player and stuff. And then Dean Holden's name's come out of absolutely nowhere. I had to Google who he was. Never and heard he used to play for Falkirk. Yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe I've heard of him. Probably in a favour win at United. Oh, well, <laughs> that should rule him out then. <laughs> Because I'm sure Jack Ross played in that game, and I did he not rule him out in that? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting. Hopefully, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that by the time we play our next game, we will have a new man in charge, uh, whomever that may be. We'll see. Wait and see. So, joining us uh, today to find out a bit more about what Kevin Thompson could bring to the Tannadice dugout is Grant Manzi. Now, I'll just preframe this, Grant. Ex Kelly employee, massive Arab. Massive. <laughs> so, um, we've mentioned Kevin Thompson. You obviously know him, I've worked with him, so we'll touch on that. Then we'll speak a wee bit more about United as well. So, first and foremost, Grant, thanks for giving up a bit of time. But what would United be getting with Kevin Thompson? <clears throat> a real winner. A real, real winner for a start. And I think that's massive for, for, for all United fans. And I know what I'd expect and want from a manager as a fan um, and I'm certain that that's something that he would bring um, if if things materialised and they did have discussions and that I would, I would be confident um, that's what he would bring he'd bring a right hunger to the to the team one to eleven you'd have a real real hunger in every single player that's representing Dundee United and he would represent Dundee United to the highest, highest level. The same way he was as a player. <clears throat> he was a good player in fairness to him, even though he played for some horrible teams. Uh, <laughs> I've reminded <laughs> him of that <laughs> Quite right, so you should on a daily basis. <laughs> so in terms of um, a set-up and stuff, what kind of team does he play? I mean, I know he, he was his, first, his first game was against United, obviously, in pre-season That's last right, yeah. year. He's a 4-3-3 man, is that right? 4-3-3, very much 4-3-3, yeah. Um, what he believes in, what he's confident in, and he believes that's what you get the best out of his players in that formation. He would, I'm, I'm sure that's what he would do at United, but at the same time, understand that sometimes you do need to change. But he was very, very, very in his way of continuing what he believes in. Don't change. Just go with what he believes in, and and uh, he believes that the results will come, and it did. It did come, and listen, we were, last season we were under no illusion that we knew we had the best players. We knew they had the, the biggest budget, that's often told, but at the same time, budget doesn't win your games. And and we knew that, and he, he still got the best. And, and, and you look at who we played in the cup, we went on a good cup run, St. Johnston, and didn't fear, didn't fear St. Johnston. And he, he instilled that mentality right through the team that, no matter who we play against, we'll have a go. We will have a go. We are not here to park any bus. We will have a go. And that included, we played our both in the Premier Sports Cup. And we had a go. St. Johnson, 
we won, we had a go. And even St Mirren away, and that was a 4-9 score, score line that St Mirren, yeah, they deserve to win, but we had chances. We, we did have chances in that game and, you know, like, we all know that you need to take them. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, 4-3-3 and he, he fears nobody, absolutely nobody. Um, and he gets that belief right through his team. <clears throat> How did the players respond to him then? Like because he's obviously he's played at such a high level. He's played for mm. a good a good few biggest teams at, and Dundee. Well, uh, but yeah, th- is, th- is there a respect that comes for him just because of what he's done in the game? Massively, he's seen it from the players, and, and in fairness as well, before before uh, Tom was there, it was um, it was Barry Ferguson. So again, it's another big name, a big figure, a big personality, but. I, I didn't see the Barry Ferguson days, I seen the Kevin Thompson days. And you seen that when we'd go through with all like we'd be in the manager's office discussing the opposition and, and whatnot, and uh, we'd go through and boys would have the music on. But see when the music the manager came in the room, it was just like everybody just looked at me and that was it. The music was off and the focus was on. He had that he had that about him that he got so much respect without even saying a word, really. Um yeah. And and I have to say to 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 figure out what the players needed, he knew that which player needed a cuddle, which which player could respond to a jag, and that's the way he gets the best out of his players as well. His man management is top top level, um, and and football nowadays is completely different from what it used to be. We all know it's it's not like Jim massively, Green, you know, and, massively. <laughs> yeah, I've heard some stories from Welsh about that, but. It's it's not like that anymore, and don't get me wrong, there is still players in there that need that, but it's identifying. There's a thin thin line, and it's it's getting that right. And he done that to a T, done that spot on. <clears throat> There's a lot being made as well. Obviously, that he he obviously left Kelly at the end of last season. So mm-hmm. you know, rumours are rumours, but you know it was because he thought he had something lined up. He thought he was getting this, that, and the next thing. But you know, he's obviously looking for that next challenge as well but I think the big thing yeah. even for the outside looking in he, he has walked away a winner you know yeah. job done yeah, we, won, we won the league and, and uh, we progressed the last 16 in the Scottish Cup um, and he, yeah there was a lot of talk that a lot of people thought that he expected to walk away from Kelly and just get jump into a job that's not the case Like it's well documented he has said it on various other podcasts and, and and interviews that he just felt that to go again we needed a little bit more and that's what he believed in and uh, I don't think it was it was coming really I, I don't know how the discussions went but I just think that he felt needed a wee bit more and let's be honest he's been proven right so far I think Kelly are struggling a wee bit now to get results and it's pretty much the same team I, a lot of Yes, additions, um, but I just I think they're struggling a wee bit. And I believe personally, I'm obviously a wee bit biased, but I think if Kevin Thompson was still there, Kelly wouldn't be in the position they were in. <clears throat> they're in just now. Um, you were on about the, when you were on about the formation that he plays, and you saying like he's a four-three-three guy, and that's what he believes in. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, that was that's maybe one of the reasons for uh, Jack Ross's downfall because it looked to me like he was set in his way. It's like a lot of managers are. They seem to have their yeah. formation. Whereas, I, in my opinion, I think like a, a good manager should be very open-minded when it comes to that because like we, ideally, like I would love United to play a 4-3-3. 
But when you look at the squad that we've got, we we kind of play it like when we play four at the back, it just goes absolutely bullshit just now <laughs> for whatever yeah, reason. At, at the same time, but I know as soon as like if he gets on that training pitch, I know that he would have that team team solid a solid solid unit. And I look at like, we look at some of it. Look back at last season, just having a chat yesterday. Like I look back at this last season, we played our broth with pretty much only one of the back four that finished the season, you know, and we strengthened that that area and we still still competed. Um I think we really, really struggled to get our settled back four mm-hmm. throughout the whole season with injuries, suspensions and 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 it's part time football as well. And there's other things that come with it. You've got to appreciate like you've got weddings and things like that that he's just got to adapt. But I think watching his training last season and I have to give a good mention to his assistant manager, Jordi, uh, Kev McDonald. Their training was so, so intense and so enjoyable that everybody knew their job. Everybody knew what they were doing. And during training, it was 110% or it wasn't good enough, you know, and everybody was all in with it. And that was a big thing for him and he got that. Um, And when... It's hard to you never want a happy sub, right? Never want a sub that's happy to be on the bench, right? But I can tell you, he had happy subs in terms of they were still at training, still determined to prove himself. And that's just that purely down to his man management, how he gets the best out of his players. And if, if somebody was injured, they were ready to go on. And he was very, very good at that. He never really had an unhappy squad at all. Yeah, it's keeping people engaged, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And going back to to to, to leaving Kelly, I know it's well well said that he expected something like uh, I'm pretty sure he he knocked back the Rafe job because again he just didn't feel it was right for him he just uh, and he's not he's a he's a real perfectionist and so attention to detail is so key for him that he just didn't feel it would be right for him you know and I'm 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 fairly certain he thinks United would be would be the perfect one for him and uh, mm. as well knowing that he wants to get to the top and if he's to get to the top. Um, it doesn't even take me or you to tell him that but he would have to do well at Dundee United if given the opportunity yeah yeah 100% the thing is as well no. on, on that I mean is there a bit of winning over the United fans given some of the pictures we've seen on social media today <laughs> he knows that he's under no illusion of that but like I'm, I'm sure when he signed for Rangers from Hibs he would have had to win some fans over I'm sure when he signed for Middlesbrough he would have had to win some mm-hmm. fans over at the same time and then when he come back to Hibs near the end of his career although although the, he was well respected at Hibs he went to Rangers and I think some of them you know weren't too happy but that's so he had to win so winning people over doesn't phase him mm-hmm. you know he, and he would he would have a team on the park that Dundee United would be Dundee United fans would be proud of that's for sure because I, I remember growing up as a boy and Xavier Hanna used to take me to Cowden Beef training and I always remember him saying to me is if you ever get a chance to play for Dundee United, see if you work your balls off and run about, close people down. The fans will get off their seat and cheer. And it takes me, I'm going off the topic a wee bit, but remember Margaro signed from Cowden Yes. And I remember going to watch his first game and the ball went from like midfielder back to centre-half, back along the other centre-half and back to the goalie. And Margaro just sprinted the whole way. And I remember the fans getting right off their seat. Mm. And that, that moment, I thought, he's right. And that's what Tom's teams teams are like. One eleven, they will graft and graft and graft and well organised. 
<clears throat> yeah, and it'll be interesting to see. Up. I mean, obviously, there's the three or four men shortlist that's whatever, and obviously, mm. Kevin Thompson's very much on it, and you, you're obviously going to back him for it, and that, which Massive, is yeah. com- completely right for that. I think, I think I said it last week, you know, when, when his name had sort of been rumoured out there and whatever, and I was, you know, it was one of them, I was like, I'm not against that. I'm not given what he's done, and you know he, he's still relatively young. I get that, but then you know mm-hmm. Liam Fox is only like 38. Like Liam Fox is younger mm-hmm. than me. Couldn't believe mm-hmm. it. Um, <laughs> but you know for that, and I think football has changed. You know the the, the 50, 60 year old guys that have been around the block. You know it is a yeah. a kind of new yeah. breed that, that's coming in, and he seems to be different. And, and I know people say, "Oh, but you bought League Two and you done this," but like, <laughs> right, you still need to win games, eh? You know, win games of football, but to go up and compete against St Johnson, who were the cup holders, mm. double cup holders, mm. and we went toe to toe them. And that whole week, we were all saying, and his his personality was so infectious, and that the winning mentality that he instilled in his and his wee group and these players, like it was so infectious, and that we were all that week like we're winning, we are winning, mm. we're winning. And I remember the first couple of minutes of the game. I turned to him and I said, we are winning this. I, remember, I just knew because they played a long ball and I think I think Callum had said, um, bang it long and play off seconds. And we thought, happy days. That's that's exactly what we want, you know, because we knew our ball players would win us the game, definitely. And uh, we, we had to be strong road of luck at times. But yeah, we, we were doing it. But that belief that he brings is is huge and it's massive for me. And it's, it's what Dundee United need just now, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to know what goes into a manager's interview. Oh, you know what I mean? I know. Well, he, I does know. he sit there in a suit or like us? I don't know. You know, I don't know. I even though, if, I, listen, I, I know there's interest from 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 both sides, but in terms of, I, I don't know if they've had the discussion yet, as of yet. But I know I'll have to ask him. I see you got the full suit on. Or <laughs> you like Mark Reynolds? He'll be in a suit and jacket. And yeah. a pair of trackers. I know. Obviously, you know if the chairman and that are in it, it's on Zoom, so you don't even need to wear any pants or. You know I, I mean? know. Well, if he's, I know if it's. I don't know if the chairman's over or whatever. But if, if it's on Zoom, I, you know. <laughs> I, I, I imagine it's all like you know. Oh, I'll just show you this presentation. I'll show you this ethos, and I'll do all that. But I would love to know. I think it'd be well, dead interested. But I'll tell you something. Tom wasn't. You know, I, I was originally brought into the club to go and watch opposition and what we find early doors was like I was going to watch teams um, and they would change as soon as they came to Kelly completely changed from what i seen the week before so we thought that Tom had agreed that like it's, it's, it's pointless we know we've got the best players if we play we'll win so and that's not been arrogant it's just been confident in his team and and, and it, it was he felt that maybe we better utilise at the game opposed to going away because they were just changing completely like you were seeing you wouldn't believe what some of the stuff we've seen like six across the back five across the back it was just like uh, and I guess uh, it, we, we, we've, like we've seen Hamilton games we can't exactly <laughs> what six across the back looks like oh yeah I know I know yeah some, some of the teams that I think played Elgin once and they went ahead early doors and it was such a slog for 90 minutes and thankfully we got a late late equaliser <coughs> um and um, ah, it was a uh, some some of the things we've seen, but he wasn't massive, massive on analysis. Not huge. You get you get set that it's needed higher up. Um, but he was just that confidence he had in his players that that they'd win and, and they would work for him, and and he got that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think he would have, he would have made it yesterday? Watching that, 
they had the discussion. They did have the discussion. He, 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 there's a lot, a lot of good. There's good players at United that he does, he does like, and he, he was impressed um, with what he's seen. But he knows he, he thinks that if he is given the opportunity and things do go materialise, that he could get a good turn out of the players that that are there. Yeah, he's he's not naive to think that we need to some some to recruit somewhere here and there, but. He's he's not daft. He's not daft. He knows that he could he could work the players. <clears throat> but that's that's like you're saying. He's no naive. Like Kenan, when he no. plays and play, me, Ronnie, yourself, anybody that goes to the games would probably say, "Look, we need a bit of pace at the back. We need a bit of pace up front, and we need that's, we that's, need a slugger in the middle." There's gaping areas of the team that we yeah. could uh, definitely do something there. And I look at and that's something that he made players better, you know, and that was well. Well, well shown that the lone players that he got in through his contacts as well that Connor Barron went back a much better player in January and is mm-hmm. a standout for Aberdeen last past part of the season last year and and I think he's well he's highly highly thought of at Aberdeen. Uh, another one from Aberdeen, Kieran Gwenya came on loan us and at left back and he's now playing for Wraith Rovers in the Championship. He improved these players. Danny Finlayson's another one from St Mirren um, that he had known from Rangers as a young boy. Um, who's now at, at Linfield I think um, he's at Linfield now on loan um, who else we had Max Kucharavi um, I'm glad you said that loan. are you just marking <laughs> names up here Manzi you're marking <laughs> names up there so uh, we had, he, he's another one went back a different player went a much better player and had a couple of appearances for St Johnson um, and he, he makes players better including his own players eh? and he's still mm. got Callan Higginbottom at Oh, if you, if ever a man race. you love to hate, but at the same oh, time, I'd have him in my team. No, I would not. No, oh, I would. I'm the one. I'm the one. I'm in my team. Right <laughs> Every now. team needs an arsehole then. He's I, an arsehole. Well, United's arsehole's on the tannoy. We <laughs> didn't need Callum Higgin bottom of our team. Okay, no, 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 no. He's. I tell you, it's another player that you know, a big personality, but. Thomas still got the best out of him, and mm. Higgy would say the same. He could be a challenging, challenging character. I could tell you that, but I tell you, he'd run through a brick wall for you. He, he's another one that was so, so um, influential for us last mm. season. Um, I, uh, I just I think it's a really, I think it's a really intriguing, you know, name to be on the list, and you, you know whether 100%. it's been. I don't know how, how the papers have picked <coughs> up and it was a name mm. I'd heard Bander about a couple of weeks ago but that was in the same text that had about eight names on it you know what I mean but his mm-hmm. name just it just sort of sat there and I went that's quite interesting even yeah. Louis played for two shitey clubs um, <laughs> three three <laughs> shitey clubs uh, I've just I just thought it's just an intriguing proposition and then you look and his team's played good football and you know you can buy other players you want but the they not necessarily gel together and yeah, whatever we, we so played. stuff like mm-hmm. that and I've, I've just thought that for a while and and that's, look, listen this is not against Liam Fox I'm just thinking that's a real fresh approach and it I've is, I've, is. I've quite liked that yeah we're like as United are renowned like we're like fans we want to see young players particularly our own players from our own academy progress and get a chance I don't see why it should be different for managers why should managers not if they've deserved the chance, he's went and done the hard yards, he's done youth football at kids level, he's done the B team at Rangers and he took that risk and went for, left Rangers where he could have sat comfortable 
and potentially have been given a wee opportunity uh, to take a, a be a caretaker for Rangers or whatever. He he took that risk leaving the B team to take Kelty because he believed in his own ability and it was a good good project that something he wanted to be in. And he knew that if he wanted to get to the very very top, that he had to he had to go and do the hard yards, and he's done that. So I think the next step is is something that a good opportunity that that he deserves, to be honest. <clears throat> and 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 the, his assistant manager touched on Jordy earlier as well. The training is top top as well, and he had a he had a short stint at Muscle Brothers manager as well. But he, they two are very very close, and they they put on good good sessions very very enjoyable sessions and it's so intense like you only get I think two hours max with the players on a Tuesday and Thursday night and um, it was so intense so so intense that it was just hard graft we knew what was happening training was all built up to towards the game Saturday how we how we'd want to exploit weaknesses and things mm. and um, he got the best out of his players as I keep saying yeah yeah, no. Listen, it's uh, it's been great to hear a bit more about him because again, for us, it's all what we've read in the papers and seen online and all that kind of stuff. Uh, before we let you go, though, Grant, um, United fan, uh, you yeah, mentioned I'm... just before we we did hit record was um, you played under our podcast pal Brian Welsh. I did. Did I he swear as much in sessions as he did on a podcast? <laughs> it was. I don't know if it was plate swearer. Can you get a plate swearer? Well, no, I, I think I you can't can. remember on a such eh, but. <laughs> I can't remember swearing as much at kids, but in the like I had kind of like my unofficial digs were at his house because obviously I was Tayport and uh, the travelling was uh, was getting a bit much. Obviously, for mum and dad was working. My, my brother's actually in a wheelchair as well, so things at home. Uh, I, I stayed through there, and he swore more at home than he did in the changing room for the kids. Like well, maybe that. But, um, no, listen, Welsh is another. He was brilliant. So inf- so influential in my life. I, his whole family were. Um, it was really, really like, like a second home to me, and I've got so much respect for him. And again, it was that one that, like, I always wanted to win games, but he, it was like another level, like he, a winning mentality again, like similar to him. Like, I wanted to win everything, anything I was doing, I wanted to win. Whether it was walking to the fucking corner first to my pal, or running <laughs> in there, or anything. I, now it's, and I've I've never changed. I'll still mm. play my kids on the PlayStation. I do not give up. Eh? If it's 10, <laughs> 14, 15, I don't care. I'm, I'm winning. <laughs> nah, no fun in the throat. <laughs> no, I do not care, and that's totally drummed in from him. But yeah, no, <laughs> very very good coach. Very very, and he's doing very well in America. His, yeah. his whole family he seems <clears> to love it, and he was. I mean, he was a delight to speak to as well. Um, uh, what was the sort of first teams or United teams and players you'd have grown up watching? I was having to think about this actually earlier on. I have vaguely remember, like I do vaguely remember his famous goal, the Patrick Thistle goal. Uh, and in the video, I'm in the video, my dad throwing me up on my shoulder and his shoulders um, and, and charging to the front beside my brother and brother was in the wheelchair at the front. Um, you see you see, us, see him piling down. Um, but I think it was maybe, am I right in saying, was it a lot of Scandinavian players came in the season after? Is that when? Pedersen, Olofsson, things came in after that. Yep. I think that's so, yeah, because it was Tommy McLean, wasn't it? That's yeah. right. So I think it was 1996. That's when I really started remembering. It was Olofsson. And I had that, uh, remember the Viking hat for Eric oh, Pedersen? Yes. I had, mm-hmm. I had one of them. <laughs> um, but that was my first memories. I really, um, we sat in the East Stand, obviously, at the time. And then we moved up to the George Fox. 
because my brother was fucking soaked every week throughout <laughs> 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 winter. Um, but no, yeah, 96, <laughs> that year that uh, it was Tommy McLean that I started really remembering Dundee United. <clears throat> so it wasn't the marble strip that made you fan love with United? That? I had that as well. I did have that. Uh, did you get it for Welshie? Because he, he wore it and scored the peach. <laughs> he did, he did. I, I did have that strip, but I don't remember. The, there's a lot of vague memories of that time, eh? But yeah, I did have that strip. It was a, it was a, it was a good one, eh? I remember, I was actually speaking to Daniel about it because just the other day, because he... um because it's been on sale in the shop and things like that, hasn't it? Yep. And uh, I was raging because my, my dad took me for a haircut in it, man, and I had that collar that all the hairs were stuck in it. <laughs> and it used, to, it used to itch me all the time, every time I play. Get that shite off, I'll get another. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a no, classic talk. It's a good, a good season, that. You know, we've spoken about that, these seasons um, quite a lot as well. I'll actually... Spoiler alert! I'll, it'll come up in some way later on or on this day. But when you just looked at some of the teams and some of the players, and at the same time, you know, me and Paul always think, "God, we've man, we've spoke to them, or it'd be great to speak to them, or whatever." And then you end up just yeah. going to Arab archive. We end up doing a wee rabbit hole. I've watched goals for every game that <laughs> season, and you're just uh, thinking, "Can we watch some great players back then as well?" You know what uh, I mean? And it's like anything. You know, you've come. You've if that's your first season you know you have a fair bit of heroes to pick out of that you know it could be an Olsen a Pedersen big oh. C big porno Tash will be there as well absolutely incredible who would have been your kind of heroes who, who are the players you've kind of went to over the years it doesn't just need to be from there but <sighs> well, I, I always loved Billy Dodds eh? I was a striker myself and I loved Billy Dodds eh? um, I was never big myself either and Billy Dodds was always the one that I liked. I never had the lugs like him, mind you, but... Yeah, uh, does. King, <laughs> King Charles has maybe got the lugs like him. That's Big sausage fungars. <laughs> Billy, Billy Dodds. Um, uh, McSwiggan as well. I like McSwiggan as well. Swiggin. The Celtic uh, goal. Celtic goal. Hope he I mean, how many times did you say it? What a deal. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was unbelievable. Well, that's the two of them, isn't it? <laughs> Dogs yep. and yep. Incredible. Definitely. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely. Here's, here's, here's an outside shout that remember Jan Telesnikov? Yeah. Yes. I liked him, eh? I don't know. It was a midfielder, I know, but I really liked Jan Telesnikov. I remember him. Good player. There's Good something player. that I just I really, really liked eh, about, about him. He was there for a year um, and then disappeared, didn't he? I did, yeah. But it was really well, have left foot. There's a wee, wee, wee story actually here while we're here. Um, my sister went over to, obviously she's a referee, and uh, she went over to Israel. Is any good? Israel? Before, before we go any further, is she any good or is she, has nah, she joined the, the long line? Nah, she's loud, man. She's a referee. Fucking hopeless. She's going to end up here a wee bit now, but still, she's still fucking hopeless. That's, that's, that's almost 20 years she's been doing that or whatever. Hopeless. <laughs> <laughs> but she went over to Israel. And uh, he spoke to her. She was doing it one of his. It was a youth game and uh, this tournament. And she, he spoke to her. Obviously, we were being Scottish. And then she went back. And she was obviously like oh, Dundee. You never say Tayport because nobody knows what Tayport is. So it's always like Dundee. And then that's when she was like, he said that he played for United. She had no clue, like until she came back and told me. But, <laughs> oh, <laughs> but yeah, no, he, was, uh, he, he loved the club as well. He, used, he said he loved Dundee United, there, but yeah, he just disappeared as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Couldn't get that much. Yeah, yeah, because he was only uh, was he there a season? 
Yeah, yeah. Was, 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 was the manager, wasn't it? Yeah. Postak, I think, yeah. Spent some dosh uh, again, didn't we? Yeah, certainly does. Yeah. incredible. I'm trying to hang on, I'm trying to Yeah, through that time. And as I got older, I just believed in myself, eh? <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> Fuck United, I just believe in myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, it's been good to catch up, Grant. It's, it's always interesting to hear people's wee stories about that, but getting a wee insight into um, what possibly could come uh, ahead obviously if there are uh, and I, I, listen I hope it's no paper talk I hope it's no paper rumours that people are getting interviewed for this because I think it's worth you know I know people can nail everything to, you know and go right that's our man that's our man that's our man well we've taken a couple of weeks already mm-hmm. we've got an international mm-hmm. break now there's no harm in going and speaking to these other candidates and I'm sure no. Well, Definitely. I'd like to think it's it's no paper talk because I do. I think Paul, what we've said before as well that we didn't want the same thing. But Tam Courts went Abdi and their Doug knew it was going to be him, and then I was like, oh no, we've definitely interviewed people. I'm kind of hoping this time we are interviewing people because time's on our side. Being it now international break, we're no desperate. Yeah, uh, plus, yeah. Jack Ross left about three weeks ago, mm-hmm. so yes, like, uh, I dare say we've not been sitting, we've not been sitting twirling our thumbs. So I would, I would, I don't know how it works, but I would guess. That there's an interview that takes place, and then if that interview fully clothed, sit fully dressed <laughs> uh, from the waist, they filters, they filters. You're not sitting on a beach in the background. Uh, <laughs> and if that one goes well, then maybe maybe Mister Ogren gets involved, and there's maybe second or third interviews. I don't. I'm guessing. I'm guessing as to to what happens, but uh, yeah, uh, like well, I would think before we play our next game, there will be a manager in charge, an official yeah. manager. Yeah, I've no idea of the process, genuinely no idea of the process of what it is, but I think I just did say in that article that I did read that they were hoping to, to get it done this week, isn't it? And it does make sense because it gives a new manager and whether it's Liam or, or not, like it gives a it gives a manager a good good time to to get the players together, say like this is what's happening and they'll get the full backing from fans. They will they will, no matter who's there, United fans are listen, everybody's got an opinion, but they are good fans and we've turned out in numbers. Home and away, season tickets are all been there, and they will, they will turn out for whoever it is. Some say they yeah. win it, but they, they, they will. <laughs> football, football fans are fickle, you know. If you get a team on the park and we're playing well and winning games, yeah, then yeah. like they, they get fullback and don't they? Like I say, I could only, I could only speak good highly of them. And listen, we, we built up a really, really good relationship, and he, he didn't need to, you know. But he's got, he's really, really humble and a nice person. And, we built up a good relationship, a trusting relationship, and he didn't need to believe in me. He didn't know me before I went in. It was the club that brought me in. Yeah. Um, but when we got speaking, as, as weeks went by, I thought, like, uh, well, he likes my ideas, I like his ideas, and I think he, he did too much. Unless he went to Jordy and with him, I'm like, oh, fucking Grant, what's he fucking talking about? <laughs> 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 but at the same time, like, he, he, very, very respectful person, and 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 I'm sure that. Whether it's United or not, he will get an opportunity at a full-time club, and I'm I'm confident he will be a success. Yeah. And but just before we uh, let you go, Grant, uh, as fans, uh, you know, all of us, yeah, listening here, whatever, I don't think anyone could have expected the season to be going as bad as it is right now, eh? In terms of position and all that. It's a, it's a, I know, it's it's not it's not going well, is it? It's not going well, uh, but. There was a fighting spirit yesterday. You did see that. There was a fighting spirit, and I think, uh, I think we'll be okay. I do think we'll be okay. Uh, no matter who's in charge, I do think we'll be okay. 
Um, but I think it was just really concerning what what we were seeing on the park in terms of effort. Like that's a big thing. Like you don't need to be a good player to run. Like you don't need to be should a, be a bare minimum. Eh? Should be the bare, bare minimum requirement. Effort. And at the same time, maybe on the players' defence, like the wee defence I have got, it's, it's like when you're feeling deflated, it's a you could be a lonely, lonely fucking place out there. Although you've got eleven or ten other teammates out there, where you it could be a lonely place thinking nothing I'm doing's right here you know and I've never ever experienced that level of football but any game really it could be like you're on a bad you're on the end of a sore one and you just want to get that you try you start trying too hard you know to, to impress people but I think there's real good players in that squad there is good players there and I'm confident that we will turn a corner I think so hopefully there's always a sticky patch isn't there through the season with every team so hopefully that's how it's done so thanks very much to Grant Manzi for, for giving us some of his time on a Sunday afternoon. It was uh, Grant was actually the guy that, that organised for us to be able to speak to both Brian Welsh and Daniel Welsh back in the day. Uh, we've, he's been known to the podcast for a while, big United fan, uh, and we just thought, why not reach out to him? You know, Our managerial situation's up in the air. He's worked with one of the potential candidates. Let's find out a wee bit about him. So thank you very much to Grant for that. Indeed, right, lots still to uh, get through in this episode. A uh, couple of changes to fixtures. The uh, postponed match from uh, last week against Hibs uh, will now be played at Tanadice 7.45 on Tuesday the 11th October. Happy with that, Paul? Disaster. Disaster. Why? I'm no here. Shiver of bricks. <laughs> they Absolute didn't consult bastards. with you? They, they, they didn't. No. Unbelievable. I consulted with them. Because that was a free week. And I thought, that's cool. We'll get something sorted there. We'll go, wow, well, we'll have five days in Oban. It'll be great. And then, lo and behold, we'll go and reschedule again for when I'm not here. Yeah. And there's not a hope I'm travelling back for Oban just to watch Martin Boyle throw himself out of the park. The thing no is, as well, I think a lot of people might be in that boat because it's school holidays, isn't it? So Yes. I think, um, I think everyone will be saying, well, we'd agreed. We have the and then SFL's go bothered because they didn't seem to care about opinion um, our Cinch Premiership fixtures versus Aberdeen on Saturday 8th October at Tanadice and Saturday 11th of November at Petaudry will both kick off at 6pm yeah yeah uh, imagine how many, uh, what you're going to be like after three shandies before a 6pm kick off I'll just delay the start of the, the drinking <laughs> it's yeah it's one when you told me about it my instant reaction was oh, that's not good but I think I'm basing that on the fact that like, my childcare issue is I hate the burn until after the game so I'm going to hit uh, to organise to keep on a wee bit longer or whatever or maybe even swap days so it's a minor pain in the ass for me but like, I can see why they're doing it they're trying to get more people into the ground in a way I think it's a it's a strange one to pick because and, like, and hopefully hopefully it doesn't happen but there's it wouldn't be the first time if there's bother at these games United Aberdeen so it does seem strange that they've picked this game to to allow fans to drink even longer <laughs> during the day before the game kicks off you, you, I don't think you'll ever see a 6 o'clock kick off for an old firm game for example mm. uh, so yeah it's it's a strange one it'll be interesting to see to see how it goes I think the clubs both of them will be I'll be keeping tabs on it to see if there's like an uptick in uh, the attendance or or whatever. Uh, I would imagine they maybe hit a pay more police costs or something. I don't know. I don't know. But it's 
it's different. It's interesting. Uh, it's not even on live TV, is it? It's just yeah. just kicked off for the, the fans in attendance, hoping to hoping to get a bigger crowd of there. So we'll I'll, see. I'll tell I'll tell you though. To, I've got just one. Just play better football. Just play better football, lads, <laughs> and you'll get a better crowd. I certainly okay? think you know for people that work like Saturday jobs and stuff, it's a good opportunity for them and working mm-hmm. retail and all that stuff. But for me, I'll tell what you why. I'll tell you why it's a pisser. I've got a stag do that night. Okay. That I was going to before I went to my work. So realistically now I kind of go in the stag do. <laughs> because yeah. it's just by the time eight o'clock and I'm leaving for work at ten. That was more that was my main reason. I was pure raging at the time. I was like, oh my god. Even yeah. if I can I might have got a lift or a couple of pints. No, nah, probably no manage that now. But um under the under the lights, certainly. Could be exciting. See what happens. Just yeah, play better football, you know lads. Come on. Just play better. And the crowds will come back. Come on. And, uh, and Abdi will be happy. Um, we, we've no touched on it, actually, but when you look at the actual upcoming fixtures, you know, you're looking at, you know, the next three are at home, St. Johnston, Aberdeen uh, and Hibs. Then we've got three aways, including the League Cup, um, Ross County, Kilmarnock, St. Mern, and then we're at home to Motherwell, away to Celtic, home to Kilmarnock, which means that five of the next eight league games are at home. Yeah. Which is which is big. Good time I get a new manager in the door, eh? Huge. Yeah. Absolutely mm. huge. I, I will one thing I will tell you, right? So you know how it came out and said it was a four person shortlist and mm-hmm. we kinda knew that Liam Fox was one, we knew Kevin Thompson was one, and I, I kinda mind who else was named at the time, possibly, but there was he, only th- We said Stephen Glass. We possibly right? him last get week. that in the bin. Um but there was only three named out of four. So I I, I I went through various contacts and said, I'm assuming the fourths like me and Paul, like because you need a you need a fourth, so and I was told that we didn't make the short list. So uh, regardless okay. of our views and stuff and how armchair fans and coaches we are, we've been bombed and I can't believe it. Well, we go again. Because let's be honest, in about seven months we'll be we'll be managerless again the way it goes with United these last few years. So Maybe me and you can improve certain aspects of our footballing knowledge and coaching abilities. Come summertime, boom. CV lands on Mr. Askar's desk again. We'll take it for the run. Get it done. Uh, right, let's uh, let's move into some of the more uh, regular occurrences. You got a wee break for it last week, but it's back. The women's team, the academy, and of course, everyone's favourite part is the loan report. Yep, definitely not my favourite part, but here we go. Chris Mockery at Dunfermline. It was a derby of sorts on Saturday at East End Park as Falkirk were the visitors. Never understood how that ends a derby, Rondo, but there you go. Chris has once again started the match, played the full 90 minutes and helped his side to a one-all draw. He had a quiet first half, but a much improved performance in the second half. Similar to United. It's a result that was probably fair in the end, but Chris and his five mates will be disappointed at dropping two points at home. Adam Hutchison at Montrose. Adam made his comeback from his injury layoff, but had to make do with starting this one on the bench. His Montrose side travelled to Aloha on Saturday and were one down by the time that he came off the bench in the 63rd minute. He'd make his comeback into the side by replacing podcast pal Sean Dillon. Rumours are abound that Dillo had a howler, but this hasn't been confirmed yet. Adam played the last 27 minutes of the match, but it was to be a losing effort for Montrose as Aloha would run out 2-1 winners on the day. It was good to see Adam back from injury, however, and here's hoping he can now get a run of games under his belt. Teclan Glass at Derry City. 
Deco was back from his injury layoff on Friday night, but he had to make do with a seat on the bench for the whole match as Derry City's side defeated Sligo Rovers 1-0. Kai Fotheringham at Stirling Albion. Kai would start another of Stirling's matches this weekend and is quickly becoming their main man. On Saturday, he was up against Stranraer and it took him just five minutes to get himself on the score sheet. He'd be at the heart of everything good for Stirling and his side would go further ahead in the 25th minute before Stranraer pulled a goal back in the 30th. Then in the 36th minute of the match, the Stirling Albion Twitter account tweeted out that they had scored their third of the day. And this is a direct quote from that tweet. Outstanding play from Kai Fotheringham as he beats about 500 players and slots in past the keeper for his second and Stirling's third. Kai would go on to play the full match and his side would run out as comfortable 4-1 winners. If he stays fit and healthy, I can only see good things happening for Kai on this loan spell. Leighton Bisland at Cowdenbeath. It was the Scottish Cup first round for Leighton and Cowdenbeath on Saturday as Bowness United came to Central Park. It was to be a one and done for the Blue Brazil, however, as they got knocked out of the tournament after losing 1-0 on the day. Leighton did manage to play the full 90 minutes and the winner was scored by a young player by the name of Alassane Jones. To your mind of him, Rondo. What a man. <laughs> what a man. Jacob Comerford at Cumbernauld Colts. Jacob was also in action in the Scottish Cup first round this past Saturday as his Cumbernauld Colts were at home to Dalbiti Star. Similar to his lone buddy Leighton, he'd get the full 90 minutes, but his team also lost 1-0 and find himself out the cup. The academy team. It was the first round of the Scottish Youth Cup this past Friday and the young terrors welcomed Robbie Rayside's St Andrews United to Gussie. In what was essentially a very dominant performance from the Tangerines, it wasn't always plain sailing. They dominated early on and Rory McLeod struck the post. A few minutes later though, and they'd go behind. In one of St Andrews' few forays upfield, their big lump of a striker hit the goal of his life as he volleyed home from about 25 yards, leaving United keeper Haldane with no chance. We didn't have long to wait to get back on level terms, though, as Rory McLeod notched his first of the evening from six yards out after good play from Borland and Mwangi. Again, however, United would get caught out at the back, and from St Andrews' second excursion into United territory, they would once again take the lead. For the second time in the half, it didn't take United long to get back on level terms, as Heenan nodded home a McLeod cross. Right on half-time and United would take the lead, and it was spectacular. The Fifers keeper made an earth of it, and the ball fell to Rory McLeod. With his back to goal, he chipped it up and produced an overhead kick that flew into the unguarded net. 3-2 to the good guys at half-time. Into the second half, and temperatures plummeted. I personally made my mind up that another goal for United, and I was Oski, but I managed to see another too. Early in the half and Heenan got on the end of a sweeping move down the left to make it a 4-2 and just as I was saying my goodbyes, McLeod thought it would be nice to hammer home an 18-yard strike right into the top corner. It was a bullet and I made my way to the car as United led the Fifers 5-2. By the time I'd been to Asda and went home, the final score was 9-2 and the other goals were added by the excellent Craig Moore, Borland, Mwangi and May. Jobs are good, an excellent performance, and into the next round, the young lads go. The women's team. The ladies were back in action in midweek as they travelled through to the Orium in Edinburgh to play Hertz. It would be their first match in a few weeks and the first time that they would take to the field with their names on the back of their shirts. History, Rondo. 
It was a fairly evenly contested match with both teams having their chances and Fiona McNichol in particular was in excellent form in the United goal. She'd make a number of good saves and the sides would go in at half-time, nil-nil. The start of the second half was where the game was won and lost, however, and it would be the Jambos that would come out on top. They opened the scoring in the 48th minute and just four minutes later they'd win a penalty and converted it to make it 2-0. From there on in it was back to being an evenly contested game but United just couldn't do enough to get themselves back into the match. That's now three defeats on the bounce for the team and they'll be hoping to get back to winning ways next Sunday at Gussie Park when Hamilton come to town. It won't be an easy game by any means but this is one of the games that their gaffer Graham Hart will have penciled in to get something from. If you're at a loose 10 next Sunday, get your ass down to Gussie to support the team. Thank you very much. Dundee United Community Trust Walking Football hosts two sessions weekly. Wednesday evening at Minasil Community Hub, that's from 8pm uh, to 9pm. And a Sunday morning at the Harps Ground, which is Lundy Avenue, from 9.30am to 11am. The over 60s will be playing in the East Region League at the World of Football in Edinburgh this Wednesday coming. And we'll get a match summary to follow next week. All the details of the brilliant work the Community Trust are doing at Dundee United CT. Co.uk. Smile is back for 2023. We are delighted to be part of the Dundee United Sports Foundation's Gala Evening, which is taking place on Wednesday, the 22nd of February. You'll get two shows for the price of one. You'll get to watch Smile. Then there'll be a wee break. You can you'll get a pie. You'll not get a bovril, but maybe they can get bovrils in. And then uh, we'll be doing a live show after it. We'll be joined by uh, John Holt, Morris Malpass, Paul Hegarty and Hamish McAlpine for that one as well to discuss what it was like uh, playing under Jim McLean and just getting some stories from the guys as well. Uh, it's going to be a brilliant show. Tickets are £25, uh, two shows for the price of one and does include your halftime pie. See if we can get a wee bovril in there as well. Seat numbers unallocated. Details dusf.scot. Uh, you can order yours and you have to log in uh, so you can buy a ticket dusf.scot forward slash shop. But that is going to be a brilliant, brilliant night. Really, really looking forward to that one. Uh, United Lottery. It's no being one. Still £2,000. United Lottery. Are they, are they even talking numbers these days, Rondo? Uh, I mean, well, people have been winning money. You know, there's a £100 prize, there's a £25 prize, uh, but there's two grants just sitting there going, we're needing to put Paul McNichol's name on it, but he's not been Benny Sticker. So, you know. Do, and he's no. Uh, the lottery is drawn every Friday at noon. Uh, you can get details, unitedlottery.co.uk. Our latest YouTube upload is now live. Paul Dixon was our guest on episode 18. He come along, brought the big trousers. Um, Paul had a shot of them. Uh, we heard about Gav gunning, drinking a pint of his in piss. And uh, we were just asking loads of great stories. And he was just brilliant. But that's almost to the day three years ago. Yeah. Interview. Long time, eh? What's he seek of the site you're under? I know, that's why we didn't do it in person anymore, because fed up with it. Uh, but yeah, so we'll have another one. I meant to check actually who the next one would be, but I actually, for the life of me, can't remember. Do you want to hear a guess? Andy f- Goldie? After Paul Dick, that's a good shout, actually. That is a good shout. That is a good, we'll mm-hmm. just leave that as there, but... Uh, could, could be right. Could be right. So, who am I? It's, uh, just looking for the scores. It's 4-3. 4-3 you uh, and you're guessing the day so 
Yeah, you're already in the lead. You could you could take an unassailable lead. Oof, that's. Oh, I can't say this about you a lot, Paul, but that's filthy. That is filthy. So, mm. um, what's the player's name? Tell us. No, you'll tell me. That's, that's how the game works around So, you'll as always, me. five clues. Um, the, Paul made the rules up this year. Apparently, we've, we've, we've seen them in the street. It's enough. Uh, to be qualified uh, if you get it right in the first clue you get 5 points second clue 4 points th- third clue 3 points fourth clue 2 points and if you wait to the death then you get 1 point I'm looking forward to this in the day I think I think I might know I, might, I think I might get a couple of points which would be nice ok you ready for your first clue? no give you a shout when you're ready I'm ready He's ready. Right, okay. Clue number one. This player made his first appearance in senior football at the age of 17 against United. Giza again. This player made his first appearance in senior football at the age of 17 against United. So what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Uh, well, I'll tell you Andy Goldie is the next interview. I could tell you oh, that nice much. One. <laughs> um, and then it'll be John Holt. And then it'll be Big T. Then Hamish? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And then Lee McCulloch. <laughs> I'll be honest, Paul, I've not got an I've not got a done do. Well, well, that okay. is, so I'll just give myself any of these right now. <laughs> okay, no bother. Right, clue number two then. This player has also played for Clyde, Clyde Bank, Wraith Rovers, and Parramatta Power. That famous team. <laughs> <laughs> Where they're from? Where are they even fit? Yeah. <laughs> Parramatta Power. That's. I think that's Australia. Although I'm guessing. Well, it's not going to be. I mean, it's it's it's. Clue number three. This this player made his competitive debut for the club against Kilmarnock in the game that Roger Bowley had two goals wrongly chopped (laughs) off in. Is that again? His debut or Roger Bowley's debut? The player that you're trying to guess made his debut in that game when Roger Bowley was robbed for Mike McCurry. That asshole. It's good when you look these things up because I didn't get any of this before I looked them up. Uh, What's the guy's name again? 
You tell me. No idea. Okay. Right. The I mean, these are shite clues. I'll give you this. <laughs> the t- I'm getting bit. <laughs> the two goals that this player scored for United both came against the team that he started his career at. I mean, you could at least, you could even tell us the team and it's not a massive clue, eh? But no, no. Oh, it's the team he started with. He made his debut against United. Oh, uh... <laughs> Shite. That, I think that's maybe the first hissy fit on the podcast in 160 episodes. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. You're as bad as him yesterday. You are uh, a bear. That's it. You, listen, if, if dead we were to in me. the same room, I'd, I'd throw something at you right now. I mean, if anybody has got anything. Only scored two goals for one. I'm, I'm going to tell you somebody on, on this day later on that scored one goal in about five, in, in five appearances. It's the same thing. Like, it's it's a shite clue. Nobody cares what it is. And if anybody's <laughs> remotely got close to it right now, <laughs> then they're talking can, shite. Are you continuing this hissy fat? <laughs> But anyway, no even a skiffy man. No even a skiffy. Here we go. There's a skiffy here. Sounds like Horger Holy. <laughs> no. This winger played 33 times for the club, but only made four appearances <sighs> for the manager that signed him. <laughs> yeah. Rondo, come back to the mic. Come this... back. <laughs> Honestly, this is brutal, man. This is absolutely brutal. Come on, he scored two goals. He's played 33 games. He's a winger. He played in the Roger Bowley game. He's a winger. He might even have set any of the goals up that he didn't get. In my opinion, he was shite. He's also played for Clyde, Clyde Bunk, Wraith Rovers, and obviously Ardy Ken's about his time at Parramatta Power. Joe Miller. Ah, oh, oh, why you go? <laughs> Shite. Joe Miller. He was stinking, was he? Ah, uh, Pash. And the only the only reason I've said that is because when I was looking up my player or my, my wee list of players, he's in a team lineup. That's the only mm. reason I've seen his name in the last couple of weeks. Joe Miller. Yep. Stinking for us, I thought. I never actually seen him, so that's shite. And it, and it was Aberdeen. <laughs> what do you mean you've never seen him? <laughs> it was Aberdeen that oh, he started his career at, and it was Aberdeen was the only team that he scored for us against. There you go. Trivia. Knowledge. Boom. Fair three, I'll take that, Rondo. I'll take that. What if we've been playing this for about six weeks and we've amassed fair three? We feel like we're... Was worth thinking. <laughs> I've only done. Uh, what was you that last two, week? Two and a one. You've got two, two and a one. Um, what was it? What did I? What, what was that last week? 
Uh, Justin Johnson and Guido. That's been mad Justin too. Johnson. They were good Goodness. clues, though. They were good clues. Right. <sighs> anyway, because I'm pure raging now. Can't believe that. Um, on this day, in association with the Arab Archive Preserved in History, Dundee United Football Club since 2006, the 19th of September is a focus three. One game, two signings, and three birthdays for you. Uh, we're only going back a year, so 2021 is our game today as United emerged victorious in the first Scottish Premiership meeting of the Tannadice Street Neighbours in more than five years. The Dode Fox sponsored Ian Harks, and who netted a stunning strike in the 6-2 Championship win two years before, fizzled in a fine effort to earn victory and extend Dundee Street without success at Tannadice to 11 games. United won Dundee nil. Get up, yeah. <laughs> Great finish that Great finish yeah, Touch Turn that round Keeper should have saved that Keeper should have saved that Two signings for the 90s then um, First up a striker Who arrived at Tanadice For a reported fee £350,000 An effective attacking player He appeared regularly In the lineup that season But he unfortunately Didn't score as many goals As had been hoped He scored more than Joe Muller right enough uh, But his final <laughs> temper Certainly grabbed the attention Of the United fans On this day 1991 was signed Victor Ferreira. Victor. I liked Victor Ferreira. I quite liked him. He was a bit gobby, shall we say. Like he's, I think he spat on Jim Duffy, he spat on Andy Gorham. He blessed himself at Ibrox when like you weren't really allowed to do that. Not even sure if you're still not allowed to do that. But I quite liked him. He was different. Next up, after a spell with Chinese side Dalian Wanda... This player signed for United and became manager Tommy McLean's seventh Scandinavian signing. He made his debut against Hearts, was a regular on the side for the next two years. He collected a runners-up medal against Celtic in the League Cup final in 97. He's mostly remembered for scoring the opening goal in a 2-1 victory over Dundee in the mm -hmm. first SPL game of the 99-2000 season. On this day in 1997, we signed Magnus Skoldmark. Skidmark. Also known as uh, Sieb Dykstra's punch bag. Like the amount of time Sieb came out, missed the bar, missed the striker, and <laughs> laid out Magnus. Poor bugger. It's Magnus, good man. Jeez. Three birthdays for you. First up, a goalie who joined United. Get what? This could be as good as Joe Miller. I should have shown a bar. I should have used this next week. First up, a goalie who joined United on loan from Barnsley. Barnsley. Um, clearly no for Ireland but anyway uh, only made two appearances he was an unused substitute keeper in the 2005 Scottish Cup final before returning to his own club uh, Nick Colgan is 49 today Shudder Shudder he played in the 7-1 game at Hampton <laughs> when Rangers scalped when uh, yeah. in the semi-final yeah Oh, <laughs> shivered in the spine. Uh, another goalie who spent four seasons at Tannadice finished the 17-18 season as United's number one until a freak injury sustained during the Premiership playoff quarter-final during a celebration put an end to his season. Uh, Dennis Mehmet, wait to hear this, Paul, is only 30. For yeah. some reason, I think he should be older. 40. Should be wow. 40. Wow, happy birthday. How many games has he played in his career, eh? No many. No many, no. For a 30-year-old football player. Probably done all right. Um, finally, every team needs characters. Every team needs confident players. There's then this guy. He turned up 
He played nine times. He scored a worldie. He had a meltdown versus Hamlin. Then he fucked off. Watu Kuwate is 27 today. <laughs> that, that he did have a meltdown. Yep. And, and he did score a good goal. You will be under <laughs> no surprise. He's not got a club. You're joking. <laughs> man. Yeah. What he, a no, man. That was just that was just an experience to like everything. Everything oh. that he done in the two moments, like his goal, the great goal, and then he runs the length of the pitch to stand with his arms folded in front of the fans. That was that was class. And then fan out with Sean Dillon, the man that's you, you can't afford out with he fans out with Sean Dillon. Mark Mark Dunnan, I got it. Wanted to hit him myself a few times. But Sean Dillon, can't believe he fell out with him. And he's doing 27. Yeah. Cheesy peeps. Oh, well. Yeah. Hopefully he gets a team soon, then, eh? Aye. So there you go. <laughs> right. That is it from us. Uh, it might be a two horse race going into it. Of course, thank you very much to Grant for coming on. Tell us a wee bit more about Kevin Thompson and what he would bring to the United hot seat if he was to be appointed uh, could it very well be him versus Liam Fox as the next head coach of United uh, we'll keep an eye on it good luck to Scotland this week as well good luck to our international Arabs representing their countries this week as well we are at Dode Fox Podcast on social media you can grab some merch dodefoxpodcast.com whatever you got up to do have a fantastic week stay safe and more importantly don't forget to wash your hands and your asshole. 